Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media, and I am Bob McGee. And uh, first today, let, let's face it, no, no one vendor or retailer likes dead inventory or lost margin due to a quality glitch in a container mishap as the merchandise crosses the sea. A missing button, a broken sandal strap, a belt with not enough holes, and no consumer really wants to purchase a desired product only to discover, it's, discover that it's less than A-grade or inferior in some way. Today, I have the pleasure to be speaking with Mr. Michael Levinson, who knows more than a thing or two about what it takes to fix less than desirable merchandise, allowing the majority of it, if not all of it, to be returned to a vendor supply chain and sold as first-line product. I had the opportunity to meet Mr. Levinson, the former CEO of Kai Kuna, and later an owner-operator of a gaming center in Jerusalem at a couple of footwear retailer and distributor of America events. And recently, we had a chance to talk extensively about his current work at QCI, where he's currently Senior Director of Marketing and Sales, and uh, we had that conversation during the recent Magic Show in Las Vegas. Uh, good afternoon, Michael. Thanks for joining me today. Good afternoon, Bob. Well, first, I want to ask, provide our listeners with a little brief synopsis of what your company does for its clients and how the company got its start, where the company is currently located, how many you employ, and how vendors and retailers do you regularly work with in the retail for and apparel industries? Absolutely, Bob. First of all, thank you for inviting me. Pleasure to be here on the podcast with you. Quality Corrections and Inspections goes back to 1986. Our founder, Ron Burke, is an old shoe dog in Pennsylvania. He uh, built and ran shoe operations for one of the major shoe companies uh, in Pennsylvania at that time. And he watched that company go from being a manufacturer of footwear to being an importer of footwear. And that's where he got the inspiration to start Quality Corrections. And and it was founded there in Duncansville in 1986. About 13 years ago, his son, Randy, uh, opened a second facility here in Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas. And as far as I'm aware, we're the only rework facility in America providing dual uh, facilities, uh, West Coast and East Coast, so that no matter where the product is coming in, or where it is in, in a retailer's DC network, we have a facility to cover it. We employ anywhere from 150 to 200 permanent workers, and and that fluctuates based on the number of projects that we're working on on, on an, a, any given time. We work with some of the largest vendors and retailers in America, most of the big boxes, the big brands, but we do a lot of work for the smaller companies as well, the smaller vendors and, and importers who don't have as much of a voice comes to problems that come in from the factories in China. Why do retailers and vendors alike need the services of a company such as QCI, and how are the costs determined when you get a project presented to you? Well, it often, it, it often it's a function of where the goods are along the supply chain. It depends on what the nature of the problem is. If it's something, if it's a, a, an inherent quality problem that is linked back to the factory, the factory often pays. If it's found somewhere along the supply chain, it, it, it really is dependent uh, on a project-by-project project basis. But if, if you discover a problem anywhere along the supply chain, that's why we sometimes work directly with the retailer, sometimes we're working with the vendor, sometimes with the manufacturer. Often all three are involved in the process. As for cost, we're a very labor-driven service business, meaning that a problem comes in and our creative team finds a solution to the, pro- to the problem, and then we time processes out. The more we have to touch a product, the more we have to handle it, the higher cost, the, the higher the cost of the, of the fix is going to be. You know, what is the most difficult part of the work QCI engages in, and what are some of the biggest challenges? Well, <laughs> Bob, it's a great question. And I would say that the most difficult part of the work for us is that we never know what we're going to get. 
the problem comes and there it is in front of us. Uh, and what we try to do is we try to find cost-effective solution to whatever problem walks in our door at that, uh, at that given time and that given day. So what is a challenge to the vendor is often an opportunity for us. Well, next I wanted to ask you about the turnaround time. I guess it varies by size of project, but what is QCI's success rate turning inferior product into grade A merchandise that can be returned to the supply chain? Well, if it's, if it's, a, if it's a problem that can be fixed, we return over 90%, the high 90% tile back to grade A quality. We, are, we, we have a, a history of 30 years of, of doing that. And again, being, being the largest reworked uh, company in America, we can do volumes that nobody else can match. Turnaround times, you know, when a vendor or a retailer has merchandise that's supposed to be on the shelf and it's not, they want product back yesterday. You know, that's, <laughs> right. we, we, are, we are a company uh, that works in yesterday. And so uh, just to give you an example, I mean, we, we touch hundreds of thousands of units uh, a month and our turn times, you know, are, are critical because they assure our customers that they're not going to lose revenues within a season. That makes a lot of sense. This next question, you and I discussed a little bit um, in Las Vegas. Maybe you could provide our listeners with some details, anecdotes about some of your projects over the years. I mean, there's no really need to identify the clients involved. Just the magnitude of the product issue and the correction would be interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With with 30 years of experience, we've got uh, <laughs> chapters and chapters and chapters of anecdotes. I just, I went over just a few of them this morning. We had, you know, mold. mold is really one of our one of our largest uh, ser- you know uh, the services that we provide is, is mold m- remediation it's a word that nobody would likes to talk about nobody wants to talk about it but everyone has experienced it in, in one form or another if you import goods into America from Asia you have had a mold problem so just to give you an example we once had uh, 150,000 pairs of shoes come in uh, that needed to be cleaned for mold and we turned those in in four weeks we 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 brought in uh, in, we brought in 400,000 pairs of, uh, of trousers, pants, uh, that needed to be laundered and remediated, uh, and we turned those in about eight weeks. But it's not just mold and mildew. We, we do a lot of rework in a lot of other areas. We once had, I don't know if you're familiar with the CPSC, they're the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and they flag companies for problematic uh, issues, especially as it relates to children's uh, apparel and footwear. We had a large children's retailer come to us once with a million units. These were shirts that the CPSC had flagged for lead buttons, too much lead content in the buttons, and uh, we replaced, we, we, we reworked those million units in about 10 weeks. We, that, we do a lot of, uh, you know, footwear is really our, our bread and butter. I don't want to get too technical, but there's something in the inside of the shoe called a sock liner. Sometimes they're too short. Sometimes they're too long. Uh, we can sort them. We can replace them. We do refinishing of, of shoes. You know, you'll get a shoe that the customer will send you a shoe with a top of, pro, uh, a top of production sample. And then 80,000 pairs come in that have no relationship to the color <laughs> of the top of production sample. Unbelievable. And yeah, well, and it happens. It happens. And, you know, we've, we've literally refinished hundreds of thousands of shoes uh, to match the top of production sample. You know, the, the footwear industry and the apparel industry both are changing so rapidly. New methods of manufacturing new methods of 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 materials and and sewing and gluing your and, and the time to market today is so incredibly fast that mistakes happen mistakes happen you know and that's really our logo import product mistakes happen 
we're here to help you. Very good. And before we move on to the last question, Michael, I, I know you recently mentioned, I don't know if you can talk about this. I was fascinated by the apparel story you told me with uh, long sleeve shirts. Could you just touch on that briefly? Oh, sure. Well, we had we had a company that uh, that had over uh, overbought on long sleeve and under underbought on the, the short sleeves. And rather than manufacturing a new run, uh, they discovered that it was just as economical for them to send us the long sleeves that they had overbought, and we converted those long sleeve t-shirts into shorts. And and that's just, it's smart business. It's smart business. So you had to have sewers on hand, I assume. Oh, yeah. So we have been. <laughs> right. We have sewers on hand. We have sewing machines on hand. You know, we've got between the two, between the two facilities in Nevada and Pennsylvania, we run as many as 12 to 15 projects at a time. So, so if you came to see our facility, what you would see is you would see a lot of open space with flex workstations that we can reconfigure to handle whatever project it is that we have coming in. And just one last thing on that, I want to just touch on before the last question. You know, I, I don't want people to get the misconception that you're only dealing with like um, product that's for a, um, a, a discount operation. You're dealing with major retailers that have full, you know, that have premium product. I mean, you're not dealing in major vendors. You're not dealing with like, you know, inferior brands or, or retailers, right? You're dealing with all, oh, absolutely all not. No, absolutely not. These are these are the top these are the top retailers and the top brands in the country. And and that's not to say, I mean, obviously the big volume is coming from, uh, you know, the big box retailers. That's where the largest volume comes from. But we do a lot of smaller quantity work for the high-end companies because once they've had a problem, they really need to know that it's going to be fixed and it's going to be fixed properly. And we do everything from handbags to accessories, luggage. And so the volumes, obviously, you know, we like to talk about the high volume stuff, but I'm always happy to uh, to lend a hand to uh, to a vendor who's got even a thousand units that need to be fixed. I'd rather I'd rather have his thousand units fixed than have him out, you know, that kind of inventory. And Michael, has there been any, is there ever been a project presented to you that, that totally perplexed you and the team at QCI? That you just unable to maybe <laughs> forget about the cost, but you forget about the cost involved. Just like there's no way we can figure out how to fix this. Well, it's you know, um, Bob. It's it's not so much a matter of can we fix it. Often with shoes, there are problems that simply cannot be refixed or reworked post-manufacturing. So for those companies, what we often provide is an inspection and sorting service where we will inspect and sort uh, at least the good ones from the bad, matching up rights and left so that we can we can save as many pairs as possible for those. You know, again, if it's something inherent in the leather, right? If, if right. there's an inherent flaw in, in the leather that. or an inherent flaw in the material, that's something, you know, that's something that's almost impossible to fix, fix right. once it, it's been manufactured. So yeah, I mean there are definitely projects where we do inspect and sort rather than rework. But if it, if it, as I said, I mean if it's something that we can fix, we've we've our our return rates are around ninety eight percent. And then so finally today, and I guess I should say that maybe we should call you Mister Fix It actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that your new nickname, Michael. But I know that Absolutely. but I know that QCI recently completed a pilot project with a Spanish footwear company, Viscata. You know, can you tell our listeners what that was all about, and is your company ready to open yes. up their business model to others? Yeah. Yes, this is a very exciting new business unit for us, and I just spoke about it uh, about a month ago in New York at the FBRA event. And Viscata is a very well-known Spanish uh, footwear company. They manufacture mostly espadrilles in the old Spanish uh, traditional manner. They have a very nice uh, growing e-commerce business here in the United States. And along with most of the footwear companies that are getting involved in e-commerce, they're seeing 30 to 35% return rate 
on those shoes. And the reason that those shoes are being returned is not does not have to do with quality issues. It has mostly to do with how the consumer is using uh, e-commerce to buy multiple shoes, make sure they've got the right size, try it on, walk around in it, and then return the two pairs that didn't fit. So this is <laughs> this is presenting quite a dilemma for these uh, for these shoe vendors. And most of the three PLs that are that are pushing the boxes around in e-commerce don't have the manpower or certainly the know-how to bring a shoe back in and know whether it can be returned to first quality. So the pilot that we're running with Viscata is uh, we are currently getting all of their returns back from uh, Amazon and their other uh, retail, uh, you know, e-commerce platforms. And we are opening them up. Uh, we are grading them. We are cleaning them. We are restuffing them. And we are returning them back into the distribution channel. Oh, so this is something that perhaps uh, you, you hope to have. You, you would hope to have some additional clients in the U.S. after the e-commerce business of oh, the holiday absolutely. season. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I think that this is a, a business opportunity not for us, but for many of our of our customers. You know, our current footwear customers. I'm I'm speaking with a half a dozen of them who have been reaching out to us in the last year, saying, "Have you guys ever thought about this? Have you ever looked at this? Because it's 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 a growing problem for these for these e-commerce vendors. Most a, a majority." of what we see come in just needs to be restuffed and repacked and sent back out the door, which is something that a brick and mortar used to do, right? right? Exactly. You used to go into a brick and mortar store and you tried on a pair of shoes and you didn't like them. You tried on another pair, you tried on another size. And after you chose a pair, hopefully, and, and purchased them, the sales guy or, or the, 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 the guy who worked in the in in the back, right. you know, would re would restuff them and rebox them and put them back on the shelf. And with e-commerce, that part of the service has been lost, and and that's what we're looking to restore because that's a that's a tremendous revenue loss for a company trying to grow a business. Uh, if you've got thirty five percent of your goods coming back and and you're not uh, reclaiming any of that. And actually, one last question about that, Michael. So actually, if a retailer uh, engaged QCI services in say January, and you were able to fix it before the end of their fiscal year at the end of January, they wouldn't have to count that as dead inventory in their in their numbers. I assume that that'd be, be, that would be better for them. That absolutely, that would be the goal. Well, listen, thank you, Michael. I thank you for your insights today, and best of luck with QCI going forward. I've been speaking with Mr. Michael Levinson, Senior Director of Sales and Marketing for QCI in Henderson, Nevada, and you've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula Four Media. This is Bob McGee.